Hello, and welcome to Connected by Life. I'm your host, Sean Paul Harrison. Connected by Life was created to have engaging conversations about important topics that impact physicians and our clinical stakeholders in regards to organ and tissue donation and transplantation. We're going to talk about the heroic story of donor hero, Clinton Ryan, and how his gift of life continues to impact the lives of others. My guest is Risa Gilmore. She's a donor mom and the founder of The Rescue Group. She's such an inspiring human that I've known for almost 15 years and is dedicated to sharing the story and supporting the lives of others who experience loss. You know, this really is, this is really a, a very special uh, conversation to have with you. I know that we had countless conversations that have impacted me both personally and professionally for over 15 years now. And so I'm honored to have uh, you share these, uh, these stories with so many others out there. Another thing, Reese, is that, you know, we've discussed loss on our podcast several times, but it's mainly been from the perspective of physicians. So I wanted to see if you would start with sharing your intimate journey that led you to where you are today. Sure. This June, it'll be 16 years. On June 7th, 2008, my perfectly healthy, beautiful two-year-old little boy wandered out of our house and he drowned in our front pond. And um, that is when everything in my life just completely changed. Um, He was the baby of all girls, the only boy, and he was just absolutely perfect. But his favorite place was the pond. He loved water. Um, He liked to watch the ducks. And um, at the time, we lived on five acres. And so the pond was about an acre um, distance from the house. And um, that morning, I was picking cucumbers in the backyard and um though my older girls had him on the trampoline and he got fussy so they took him inside and no more than 10 minutes later i was done picking cucumbers and i walked in the house and i noticed that his sippy cup was on the floor his cartoons were still on and the girls were flat ironing their hair in the adjacent bathroom and so i just walked in and i said where's Clint? And um, my older daughter said, well, mom, he was right here. And so I ran upstairs just thinking that he was hiding in the closet because he liked to, he liked to do that. And I thought, well, that little booger, he's gone up the staircase. And anyway, I I quickly realized that he wasn't upstairs. And so I hollered down and I could hear everybody scattering. And uh, we all went outside and, um, I'll never forget, I heard this blood-curdling scream, and um, that was when they found Clint in the pond. Um, And we lived in a crossover parish between Vermilion Parish and Iberia Parish, and so 911 was called, I want to say, three or four times, and um, it took, it seemed like forever, you know, to get EMTs out there, and so there was... A neighbor who I didn't know at the time was a nurse, and um, she and Troy alternated at the time taking, um, doing CPR on Clint. And 
they transported him back to the hospital and it was there where they pronounced him dead and I literally thought like my whole world um, had just stopped and it did Um, there was a nurse that thankfully was present during that time and um, because we had been told that it was going to take a while for the coroner to come in and be able to pick him up and you know we had not officially moved here yet we had were basically still living in Texas we were in the process of of moving here but at the time still living in Texas my girls did not know anybody so they had been taken to these neighbors houses that I didn't even know where my girls were at the time and all I remembered you know I was I was crying. I was trying to get my head around, you know, what was going on. Um, and I just kept thinking, my girls, my girls, you know, I, he's in the arms of Jesus. And, and I even kept saying it. So I was vacillating, but vacillating between reality and, um, and not believing what I was going through. And there was a nurse in the corner of the room and she comes up to me and grabs my face and she said yes you do know what to do she said your girls need you she said he is not going to be alone I'm going to stay here with him and look Sean Paul by I I still do not know how I ended up walking out of that hospital without my son I, I will never understand the power that this one nurse had it was um something that without a shadow of a doubt was um, it was it was love, not of her, not of this place. It was without a doubt um, a moment where I just felt like, you know, she was an angel for me um, because I left. I left the hospital and she stayed with my client. And I went back and was with the girls and it was that evening that I got the phone call from Lopa, and when I received the phone call um, asking if we wanted to donate, it was just, it was so, it was, it was, I couldn't believe I was getting this call, and I was, I was upset, you know, I was like, I don't even understand what you're asking, you know, I said, I'm, I'm not even I can't even wrap my head around the fact that he's not here. His sippy cup's in the floor. His diaper pack's still packed. I am trying to understand that he's not just taking a long nap and you're wanting to know what, if we want to donate. I said, I'm going to have to take a pause and I'm going to call you back. And it's so weird because that's a phrase that I never use, but it's such an appropriate phrase because I think in life, when there are big things happening, we need to pause in the moment. We need to be able to, really try to try to focus and try to hear what is being asked and so thankfully I said I'm going to have to call back and I looked at my husband and I said they want to know if we want to donate and one of the things that he said was he said well if we're donors wouldn't that mean our kids would be too and there wasn't another word spoken I picked up the phone and I called back and um Clint was, and we said yes, and I did not know the power of that yes and the trajectory 
of this path and how it would change. That yes changed the trajectory of my grief journey. Just listening to the experience that you had, especially with all the details, you know, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, you, there were so many intricate details that you recited back to have this visualization. So one, I just appreciate you reliving that story because I can't imagine how difficult it is. And I also appreciate the fact of what you were talking about is, you know, since we do have a lot of physicians and medical staff that are listening and that want to hear these stories about the difference that they can make. And I know that we'll probably go into that a little bit later. But um, as far as for having that phone call and the saying yes, you were getting into the significance of what that was going to be for the beginning of your grief journey. So if you want to pick back up there. In those moments, you know, when you are being delivered the worst news, I'll never forget the physician that walked in and, you know, he said, I'm so sorry, we've done everything that we can do. I'm going to let you go back and say your goodbyes to your son. You know, it was such a short conversation that that he had with me, but there was it was delivered with a reverence. And to this day, I still remember his tone of voice. You know, that part of Clint's story is the beginning. It's truly every time that I tell the story, when it involves the physician and when it involves that nurse that basically held my tear-soaked face in her hands and said, I am not going to let him be alone. You know exactly what to do. Go be with your living girls. I've got him. He is safe with me. He is in my care. I believed her. And, you know, she is precious to me and a huge part of Clint's story. And how special is that? And what a privilege for her, too. And, and you know, it matters. It matters. Because, well, I mean, they're a part of your story, you know? Yeah. And it could go sideways. I mean, you know, I, anytime I've ever talked to doctors or, or nurses, I've always said, when you're dealing with families, you know, are you proud of the care that you've given if they're going to go on and continue to tell this story over and over and over again for the rest of their lives? Are you proud of the care that you've given? Well, it's and also important, it, too, because, you know, how their treating is also them recognizing the loss that they've had. So being compassionate for that family just goes such a long way. It does. It does. And that was exactly. And look, our whole experience from the hospital to Lopa, from getting that call, look, the phone call that I received from um, Elaine, I mean, what a reverent, soft, lovely, beautiful woman she is. I mean, it's, it's crazy because in that moment, that was the only connection that I had to the other person on the other end. Of, I mean, it was a, that was a big ask for her and it was a big yes for me. And, um, you know, just the deliverance is, is just so special and I'm so thankful. And, you know, I didn't know then that this would change my entire trajectory of life. And, and it really did the yes ultimately, um, completely changed my whole path. So let's, let's shift there because, you know, I know that there's so much to talk about when you're talking about the trajectory because I know that shortly after mm -hmm. you became a donor family is when you chose to be an advocate for donation and start volunteering to share a story. 
And, you know, the first year it was, you know, I sat alone in this grief and alone in the darkness. And, you know, quickly I did learn that Clint was able to give the gift of sight and he and and it had gone, you know, well, or it was a successful um, transplant. And I was so proud of him. But I had told my family, I said, you, you've got to give me a year to figure this thing out and then. I promise a year from now, I'll try to emerge a new me and I'll get busy. And it was at that year mark that I reached out to look. I just said, I want to be involved. I want to be able to share Clint's story. I know that the impact that, that this has had on, on my life is important. And I also want to help spread awareness and talk about why families to have this conversation because I could have missed that opportunity of saying yes um, because I had never given any thought or consideration if my children would be donors. I knew I was, but I had never had that conversation. If my, if if anything were to happen, would my kids be donors? I mean, hello, that's not a conversation that you want to have to have. So in a discussing, you know, after all these years of of Clint being a hero and he was able to be a donor and and what the impact of donation has meant to you all. Uh-huh. Um, what has that led to as far as for your opportunity to impact the, the lives of others in the community of other families that are experiencing similar loss? Well, volunteering with LOPA, you know, quickly, it gave me a platform of hope, a platform of remembrance and of honor. And I knew that I did not want anyone to forget Clint. And I knew that families uh, and after being so involved with Lopa and other bereaved families, I knew that families long to feel connected. They long to have a relatable person that they can share me too moments with. And, um, you know, and that was the one thing that, that Lopa was able to provide me and so many families with is this cultivated relationship bond between each other. Everybody needs a Lopa. And unfortunately, not everybody gets that opportunity, but every bereaved parent deserves to have a platform of honor and a platform of remembrance and something that they can proudly stand on so they can share their children's stories and their children never be forgotten. So ultimately, um, my involvement with LOPA led me to work for another nonprofit that I ended up becoming the program director where I directly dealt with families of loss, children, uh, babies at the time. That was exactly what we provided was, you know, this platform of hope and um, platform of support and then ultimately led me to where I'm at now. Well, I mean, your why definitely was to to continue honoring Clint, and it just led to you persevering into something so meaningful. Um, you know, I know that we're going to, in the next episode, we are going to move into um, where you're at today, something that you're so proud of. I know that uh, it is impacting a community um, well beyond your eyes. You know, Sean Paul, I feel like, you know, we've known each other for so long, and um, my whole relationship with Lopa. You're like, you're just this extended family of mine. And, you know, I love that year after year, you still invite me back. You still let me share Clint's love story because 
You know, that was the one thing that I knew right away was that Clint did not die a death in vain. Clint, there was purpose in his life. And I knew that if, if I let his death become the demise of me, then that was going to be what people talked about. And I knew quickly that if people were going to utter Clint's name off their lips, I wanted to give them something good to talk about. And I wanted to give them something good to think about, and, you know, and hopefully in the process, you know, teach people to learn more, educate themselves on uh, donor and, and tissue um, donation because it's, it's so organ and tissue donation, excuse me. I think it's, it's so important. That was the one thing that I used to say, you know, we have hard conversations as parents, right? We, we pick out the best car seat known to man and we research everything we can on these car seats, not because we anticipate that our we're going to get in a bad car crash and it have to save our child's life. But we do it because it makes us a responsible parent. We teach a four-year-old how to dial 911 because it makes us a responsible parent. You know, my whole thing was, why is this not a conversation that parents have? Hey, we're parents now. I know I'm a donor. You're a donor. Let's just decide real quick. God forbid anything happened to one of our kids would they be donors? Um, because we have hard conversations all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, why can't this be included in, you know, a, a topic that a husband and wife or a couple shares? You know, as we wrap up here, I just want to say that you were talking about his story and it not be forgotten. And I have to say for many people that we thank you all, whether it's your family or other donor families, because it does become our story. And for Many people that don't have these stories, you know, we want to share them to extend it so they're not forgotten either. So listen, I appreciate you being on today. I look forward to picking up in the next episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sean Paul. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being someone that truly cares about organ and tissue donation. It matters. You can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on your favorite podcast app. And remember, you're a light worker. Keep shining. This is a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our executive producer is Kirsten Heinz. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.